you ever thought about how valuable it would be to get career advice from a top executive? Have you ever wondered what management really thinks about diversity? Join us as our C-suite guest shares with our Latino community their unique insights on professional development and diverse leadership. Welcome to C-Suite, the show that combines surprising leadership insights with a focus on diversity. I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor and VP of Board Development for Alpha New Jersey. Today, we have a fantastic guest, Richard Bynum, Chief Corporate Responsibility Officer at PNC. He leads the PNC Foundation, Community Affairs and Corporate Social Responsibility, Community Development Banking, and Diversity and Inclusion. Richard is also leading the implementation of PNC's $1 billion commitment to help end systemic racism. Prior to joining PNC, Richard had a 12-year career at the American Red Cross. During this time, he was an operations director for the Kosovo Refugee Operation, as well as the September 11th effort in New York. Richard serves on the boards of numerous organizations, including the Corporate Council for the Smithsonian National Museum of African-American History and Culture, the Economic Club of Washington, DC, the Wolf Trap National Park for the Performing Arts, and the United Way of the National Capital Area. He holds an MBA from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern and an undergraduate degree in political science from FSU. He is also a graduate of the Consumers Bankers Association Graduate School of Retail Bank Management. Welcome, Richard. In this moment, how are you feeling? How's your energy? How's your outlook? Thank you, Joseph. Uh, Really a pleasure for me to be here with you today. Uh, you know, in this moment, my energy is pretty good. It's a, uh, a Friday afternoon. I think we could probably share that. And uh, it's been a long but good week, uh, capping off a long but uh, good good month, actually, uh, thus far. Awesome. Awesome. I can tell you're relaxed. It's Friday. The weekend's around the corner. I love it. <laughs> All right. So let's help our audience get to know you a little bit better. Not the bio, which, which I read, and they can, you know, look that up um, on the yeah. website. Tell us about the unique value you provide, the thing that has helped you throughout your career, regardless of the title, the organization. Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, And actually, I often get it in the context of trying to help others figure out their value as they think about their career, right? As they think about moving from uh, where they are today to where they want to be in the future, um, as you outlined in my bio, uh, I've had a career that spanned um, two, I guess on their face, very different industries, right? The not-for-profit management uh, industry, where I was uh, a, a manager with the American Red Cross for a number of years, um, and uh, banking, uh, which uh, I've been both uh, in retail. Um, I worked as a president in our greater Washington market for a number of years uh, across the wholesale and retail and wealth sides of our business. And now in this corporate responsibility role, you know, my charge, frankly, is to bring um, some of our responsiveness and our want to be um, a good neighbor, uh, a good partner in communities to life uh, across our, our, our broad marketplace. And, um, you know, on its face, people might ask, 
how on earth did you go from being uh, a manager in uh, uh, the not-for-profit setting and the Red Cross setting to being uh, a bank president and, and, and you know, in the C-suite of, of a major, will be the fifth largest bank in the country here, uh, hopefully in a few days. Um, and I guess my answer is because effectively you're managing similar things. You're managing the same things, by the way, that every manager and leader manages. You're managing people, right? What uh, is in it for them? How do they get motivated? How do you get them to do not only the things that they want to do, but the things that you need for them to do in order to achieve a certain set of goals? Um, you manage process. Um, how does all of that come together? How do you uh, move from point A to point B in a way that's uniform and consistent and can be counted upon by by whoever your constituents are. And then, and then there's this word product, right? And I think many times when people think about product, they think about um, widgets, right? They think about computers, they think about phones, they think about the things that are made that are you know utilized for fun or for work. Um, but a product is frankly just the outcome of putting people in process together and providing something of value. And when I was with uh, uh, the Red Cross, um, that was providing food, clothing, and shelter to people in the moment in their lives when everything else had really fallen apart, be it a, from a house fire um, one evening to being in the midst of the calamity that was 7th, September 11th in, in New York. Um, in my current role, you know, that product is bringing uh, the power of a large financial institution into the lives of people that haven't always felt that they could trust large financial institutions and being a good neighbor and being a catalyst for uh, creating impact in communities that desperately need, um, uh, you know, institutions like ours. So, uh, you know, I, I tend to think that, um, uh, you know, I don't know whether I would measure myself as being good or lucky or both, um, but I've just been fortunate in being able to bring some of the talents that I have to bear with some really great people that I have had to work with throughout my career um, to, you know, to manifest uh, a lot of value creation, be it uh, at the Red Cross or, or at PNC Bank. Yeah, what, I, what really resonates to me about what you're saying, Richard, is in both situations, it's really the value is, is helping others. Right. It's it's very much I hear coming through, you know, it's not about, you know, making the business bigger. Obviously, that's important. But I feel a very firm center of the customer or the client helping them that, that that's very important to you. You know, the, the, you, you, you touched on it. Right. I, so, you know, I've uh, in on my the banking side of my career, I've come in contact with lots of great salespeople. Uh, that's what they are. They're bankers, but they're also salespeople. Mm -hmm. And the best salespeople figure that out up front. They figure out that it's actually not about um, the financial instrument or, you know, the math behind a deal per se, but it's really about what are you trying to accomplish, right? So whether you're talking to uh, a potential homeowner who envisions living somewhere, maybe for the rest of their lives, growing a family, um, and having those roots established in a way that 30, 40, 50 years from now, kids and grandkids come home and are in front of that hearth, or it's uh, a young uh, entrepreneur who wants to 
um, you know, uh, not work for someone anymore, for, but work for themselves mm. and wants to deliver to the market something that they think that they are the best person to deliver and that it will enable them to create and grow wealth for themselves and their family. That's, that's, the, that's the important stuff. Now, whether I provide those individuals a loan or help them with a budget or think through their, uh, how they're going to operate and move money around or pay their bills or take in uh, the payment from their customers, whatever, whatever the transaction is, that actually comes well after the fact, right? What comes before is that vision, that aspiration, that interest in doing something uh, big and doing something meaningful to that person or to that group of people. And then, you know, part of my job as a banker is to figure out, okay, well, how can we help you do that? Um, I, I suppose that is very much true throughout my career. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm assuming that there is a lot of strength in your background and abilities in, in, in the management and the technical skills, obviously, to, to get to where you are. One thing that people don't appreciate as much, and, and I hear coming through from you, is, is the people skills that matter. So I want to ask for our audience, what never fails to surprise you about people? Uh, you know, well, first of all, when you say people, um, I've, I've had the, the benefit of, of working with some truly, truly amazing people. Um, and, and today, my team uh, here at PNC, I would count among, among those, um, but also teams that I've worked with in, in the past throughout my career, some really great, smart um, uh, and passionate people. Um, what never uh, amazes me, I think, about anyone that I've worked with for a long time and that I've come to count on um, is, is that passion. Um, the best people uh, are not motivated by um, how much am I going to get paid, um, what's in it for me only uh, or first, um, how does this help me achieve what I want to achieve? The best people, in my experience, others can have a different experience. In my experience, the best people are those that they think about themselves, but they also, and maybe first think about, how is this going to achieve a broader, bigger, bolder thing? What am I a part of? Am I a part of something that's um, uh, going to be uh, aspirational and inspirational, not only to me, but the people perhaps that I'm leading, right? Uh, I've, you know, I've been a, a leader of managers for now a number of years. And so when you're, when you're in that space, um, you don't necessarily talk to all of your teammates. You depend on all of them heavily, but mm -hmm. I don't see all of my teammates every day or, or for that matter, every week or every month, certainly not in this environment. Um, so I have to depend on managers of managers who, who work with me to not only uh, understand with some clarity and, and frankly help me uh, provide a strategy, but I also have to think about how is that showing up to people that I don't see every day? What do they hear behind the words that we use, the language that we use? The, the, and if what they don't hear um, is a passion and an inspiration and an aspiration, and they just sort of hear a command, 
um, outside of the military, which I've never been in the military. I have a deep respect for them. But outside of that command and control environment, you don't keep the best people. The best people want to be inspired. Um, and, and I think that in, in a non-military context, that's, you know, that's a, a huge percentage of your job is figuring out how to, in fact, to get that done. I think a lot of managers maybe don't either understand or don't share that approach. And I'm just curious, right? At some point, you were an individual contributor. You did well. They put you into management. At what point did, did this kind of become a realization to you? Like that light bulb went off and like, this is how I get my team to fly. Yeah, you, you actually just nailed it uh, in, 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 your, in your intro to that, right? So, and we often joke about it. You know, you sort of have an individual contributor who's really good at something. And, and you say, well, wow, you're so good at that, that now I want you to go lead a team of people who are doing what you were doing. Um, that's often a huge mistake. <laughs> not, every, not every individual contributor who's amazing at something is a good manager. Conversely, not every person who was just okay as an individual contributor is going to be a just okay manager. In fact, in many cases, the thing that made an individual not a great individual contributor, a good one, but not a great one, but if you give that person an opportunity to lead a team, they shine, right? Um, and it's because, you know, the, I think it's because they weren't inspired enough by the transactional day-to-day work of being an individual contributor. They wanted to do a great job. Don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but you know, this wasn't really what was getting it for them. But now I have a chance to multiply my effect over, over a number of people. I have a chance to help them be even better than they would be uh, left to their own devices. And that, in fact, that aspiration that they get and the inspiration they get from it uh, causes them to be an amazing leader. And, and so I think, I think that's what a lot of folks miss, particularly people who, you know, come into a role and say, you know, I want to be, I want your job. I want to be a manager. I want to be a leader. Um, my, my, my experience tells me that oftentimes when you peel the onion back on Tell me about that. Tell me why you want to sit in this chair. They say, well, I think I'm in the best position to tell those people what they need to be doing differently to get a better outcome. Those are, those are going to be train wrecks because it's not, uh, it's not being driven from the right place. Um, and as a result, people are smart. People will figure that out pretty quick. And the best ones won't want to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting that I think a lot of organizations uh, or leadership may not understand that nuance, right? And, and there may not be sort of a track for people who should stay individual. So then you end up, you know, losing them. Now at the, at the individual level, right? Because a lot of people um, who are listening, aspirational, right? They're, they're in the beginning or middle of their careers. You know, they want to continue to climb and move higher. Um, However, a lot of times I find out like after five years, 10 years, I'm like, oh my God, Richard, I had that totally wrong, right? And then like I fix it and I'm like, oh, it's so much easier now. So from your perspective, from your vantage point, I'm sure you've had many of these moments or seen other people walk into doors. Um, What do most people get wrong about how to succeed? Well, you know, 
I, it's a, it's a, it's a complex question, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think there are as many answers to it as there are people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, so I, I would, maybe I would tweak it a little bit or tweak my answer a little bit sure. um, to say, I think many people feel uh, as though there are leaders among us um, and you've sort of seen them and you look at those leaders and they embody all that there is about leadership. And in fact, if you, you know, oftentimes you hear, uh, I think early in your career, fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> so if I emulate what this individual that I'm looking at does and I can sort of fake my way through that, um, then ultimately I'll be in a place where I can, uh, I can show who and what I really am and what I can bring to the table. And I, I don't agree with that notion. Um, I, I, first of all, there is no perfect leader. I'm not perfect. I've not met a leader who's perfect. Um, I do a few things, I think, uh, fairly well. Um, there are some things I do, I, I don't do well. Um, and along anyone's journey, you're going to meet uh, hundreds of leaders and people, um, none of them being perfect, some of them doing a thing really well, some of them doing a few things really well, none of them doing all things really well. And my advice is, if you see someone doing something that you think is good and that you can, in fact, uh, incorporate into the style that you are creating, mm -hmm. then go and ask them about it um, and get a sense of how they learned or uh, originated that capability. And if you can incorporate that, then by all means do it, right? Um, now, you know up front that asking that person about something else might be a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. You might have a leader who is a fantastic public speaker, but lousy in terms of organization. You might have a leader who is uh, a terrific inspirer of people, um, but just not very strategic. Um, and so really, if you can amass enough leaders and you can find um, the right things that you're looking for in each of those leaders and then make those your own within your own personal style, bring those things together, you can be uh, a great leader perhaps in your own right. Um, and you won't be faking it uh, at all. You'll be learning and gaining valuable experience and knowledge uh, by virtue of an understanding of how they came to it and how you come to it, and then an incorporation of it in your own personal style, your own personal voice, and your authentic voice. Uh, I'm glad, actually, I got to that, because I think that also turns out to be what's missing from a lot of people who um, want to be leaders. You have to be authentic. You have to be you. Um, if you're plastic, if you're, you know, I've heard the words corporate, um, that's where you tend to, I think, lose a lot of people because they know it's, it's an act. It's faking it until, quote unquote, they make it, right? But if it comes across in your own authentic voice, in your own authentic style and approach, um, even if it's, you know, even if it's not perfect, um, you know, acknowledge that and move on. But, but it's you and you can defend that in your own right to yourself. You can look at yourself in the mirror um, and I think others will recognize um, um, you for it, so. Richard, I love that you brought authenticity into it. And I love the nuance you shared about no leader 
having it all, right? So that means you 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 identify things that resonate with you and that are exceptional. And I almost picture when you were saying it's like you're building almost like a quilt of like the different exceptional, and then you cloak that. You're not taking a whole cloth and trying to copy it from someone because that's not going to fit. And it's not you. It's not you. It's it's whoever that person was. Yeah. Um, and and how they came to have that approach uh, is important. Um, but but it's never going to be you. You've got to find yourself. Absolutely. Well, let's widen the circle a bit and proceed to what I call the shout out. Who is an up and coming leader who is passionate about diversity that people should know about? Uh, you know, it's I don't know how up and coming he is, but I, oh, I've been okay. particularly uh, uh, intrigued as I watch John Rice uh, from Managing Leaders of Tomorrow um, talk about uh, what he sees uh, and from his seat. He's had the benefit, I think, of a few years of, of working through uh, the support of leaders of color uh, in both corporate and not-for-profit settings. Um, and I think he struck out on, in this moment, which can't be, you can't understate uh, this this moment in time, this last year, sure. um, be it the pandemic uh, and our our response to that, and how we uh, come together, you know, as, as you and I are doing here over a screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or um, certainly the unrest from last year and the murder of George Floyd and uh, other names added to a long list. Um, the country is in a moment of reckoning, and the question about whether or not it shifts from a moment to a movement, I think is still underway. But in that, I think people are asking, um, you know, some of the right questions. Uh, Among them uh, is, are we moving forward together? Uh, And if we are not moving forward together, why aren't we? That doesn't mean that everyone um, is moving forward at the same rate, but are we all moving forward? Are some of us staying and stuck while others of us are moving forward. And what does that ultimately do to the fabric of who we are? Um, and John uh, is, uh, uh, in my mind, one of the folks who's asking that question and doing something about it, which I think is, um, you know, as, as I said in this seat today, and, and, and I'm honored to have been asked to do so, um, one of the key elements to the work that I do is I want to spend time talking about the things that we ought to be doing, but I want to spend more time doing those things. I want to see and create impact. Um, you talked earlier in your introduction about our billion-dollar commitment. We've recently um, announced an even broader uh, commitment over the next four years related to our acquisition of BBVA USA and expanded um, that commitment um, inside of that broader uh, platform. And what was key to me as we talked through that inside of the company and with partners outside of the company was um, I, I, I don't feel the need to relitigate the past. I don't feel the need to do research and development on what we ought to do. What we ought to do is pretty clear. Right in terms of uh, the creation of uh, an even playing field and platform, move broken processes out of the way, um, and allow people a simple view at what you know has historically been called kind of the American dream. Are you able to purchase a home? 
Um, are you able to, if you choose to, uh, be entrepreneurial in your pursuit um, of that dream? Um, are our communities uh, moving forward, not in a way where, um, you know, they're being perhaps gentrified, but in a way where people who have lived and are there and in and of community are staying in those communities and those communities are being elevated in terms of their overall um, economic capability. Those are the things that are incumbent in our plan um, and, and what we'll be doing and executing and being very transparent uh, on, on the work once, once it's well underway uh, next year. And, and so I think one of the things I like, like about John is, um, you know, he's just not talking about things that should be done, but he's in fact uh, working uh, with companies and others to do things, to move forward. Uh, we, we have a desperate need to move forward in the country right now. Uh, thanks so much. It's great hearing about John and certainly some more detail about PNC's uh, efforts. How can people learn more and get in touch uh, if they want to connect on these issues, uh, either John's PNC or with you? Sure. Well, you know, we're, we're very active uh, in the only media uh, or some of the only media that matters these days, social media. We, we talk and we want to be very transparent with all that we do. And, and, and much, if not all of it, is out there or will be out there. So that's one way to engage with us. Um, John, uh, I know in Managing Leaders for Tomorrow, uh, has a website and talks all about what he is up to. He has a couple of blogs out there as well. Um, that I think are very valuable for folks to, to connect to as well. And uh, you can always uh, reach us uh, through pnc.com, uh, which is our, our mainland site, uh, with lots of information about the commitments we've made, but what our bank is doing, not just as, uh, you know, sort of a business uh, in the community, but because we believe that our prosperity is deeply connected to the prosperity of the communities where we operate. Uh, it also talks about what we're doing uh, in those communities and, and look for look for even more of that to come. I really enjoyed learning about your sort of philosophy, uh, your, your nuances for management, and certainly your heart uh, for diversity and action. Um, so I just wanted to thank you on behalf of Alpha New Jersey for being our guest on C-Suite, the show that combines surprising leadership insights with a focus on diversity. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you for listening to C-Suite. Alpha's purpose is connecting Latino leaders for impact. To learn more, go to alpha.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review or share with a trusted friend or colleague. Remember, with the right perspective, amazing things can happen.